The Lord is good. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> Take possession of me, O oh Lord. <laughs> That's what we need, isn't it? To be possessed by God and the Holy Spirit. Well, praise God. We gave you a verse of scripture yesterday morning, which is found in Hebrews 12, 28, which says, We felt we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved. Do you believe you received a kingdom that cannot believe? The kingdom of God is within you. Henry used to say, it's in you, brother. And it is, it's right inside of you. You don't need to run anywhere, Los Angeles or anywhere. It's right inside you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Isn't it wonderful that we got this treasure in earthen vessels right in us? But you know the enemy wants to blot it out. He, he wouldn't want you to see what you have in Christ. And so we've got to realize the tremendous work that Jesus has done. <coughs> Wherefore, receiving a kingdom, it says, which cannot be moved. It cannot be moved. It's forever settled. The word and the plan of gospel of salvation from time to eternity, Satan cannot do anything against it if you stand your ground on the word of God. But we've got to know who we are and what we are in order to make that stand. And it says, let us have grace. That is the secret. Grace. By grace you are saved through faith, and grace is the very power source of the kingdom of God. It runs the whole thing. Jesus came in the flesh, the incarnate, and he was full of grace and truth. He was the personification of grace. And when we come to this word this morning, we are coming to the Lord himself. He is our great high priest. He's here to minister to us. We're just, I'm just a, a mouthpiece. I just say what I feel he says, and I say it. If I can get in tune with heaven, I get under his anointing, and that anointing comes on his word, and that word comes out, and it's quick and powerful, and it changes me. It changes you from your image, from old Adam into the new Adam Christ. And as you behold him, we're being changed from glory to glory. And that's the way it works. It says, we have grace whereby we may what? Serve God acceptably. Now, this is the big word, acceptable. And there's a problem here, because there's a lot of stuff going on that is not acceptable. <laughs> it doesn't quite work. <laughs> there's no connection to heaven in it. <laughs> but we can be connected to heaven this morning, because we've got inside information from this word. It says, with reverence and godly fear. You know, I think... When I understood and I began to read the Gospel of Matthew again over the years, it's over 40 times Jesus says, the kingdom of heaven is come. The kingdom of God is here. And he kept saying, he kept demonstrating it, isn't he? He kept saying, this is the kingdom. And you know, every man and woman of faith that we have in Hebrews 11 understood something of this kingdom of this tremendous kingdom of God. And 
Paul says in Colossians, we've been translated out of the kingdom of darkness into this light. Well, when you're in the light, you begin to see things you never saw before. So God wants to illuminate us, doesn't he? And he wants to bring us into this, into this wonderful house. How do we understand this? Well, Paul wrote, I believe Paul wrote Hebrews. Some people don't. I don't think anybody else could have written it. But Paul in this Hebrew epistle says, uh, and he talks about Jesus in the opening chapter, and he says, who being the brightness of his glory, the express image of his son, uh, of his person. He says in the previous verse, rather, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory, the express image of person, upholds things by the word of his power, when he purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, being made so much better than angels, hath it retained an inheritance more excellent than they. And it's this person that we have come to this morning, it's this great inhabitant of the house. As the old preacher said, Andrew Bonner quotes him in his book, 14 or 1500, this man says, we are here to come around to worship this great person, the Lord Jesus Christ. And as we come to worship him, he comes to minister to us through the power of the Holy Spirit. And so whatever we need is here. And this is what Paul... Uh, but, uh, and then he goes on in chapter 2, and he says, He made us, man, a little lower than the angels. In verse 7, Crowned with glory and honor, did set him over the works of his hands, and has put all things in subjection unto his feet, in that he put all in subjection, he left nothing that is not put in number. But now we see not, not, not all things put in number, but who do we see? We see Jesus. We've got to see Jesus. This word of God, must, you must never depersonalize this word, is all about a person. It's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. As you come to this word, Jesus can walk out of it with the pages and and manifest himself to you. And so the tremendous privilege I've got is to wake up every morning and have fellowship with Jesus. Isn't it wonderful? I can come to this word, and he ministers to me as my great high priest. Jesus not only lived, he not only died, he not only was buried and rose again, but he ever lives. He's living now. And as you come to him each day, he will minister to every need that you've got. But you have to come to him. You have to come to him. You know, some people are just too busy to come to Jesus, aren't they? You know, this life can just swallow you up. All sorts of things can just bog you down, can really swamp you. But we've got to do this. And this is what Paul says. And he says, in... Um, and actually, in these chapters, in chapters 3 and uh, chapters 4 and 5, 3 and 4 really, he mentions a word about 12 times. And do you know what this word is? 
rest. R-E-S-T. Rest. <laughs> yeah. Enter the rest. <laughs> this is the big, big trust for us to come. As I said to you previously about the temple, we're the temple of God, but there is a place of quiet rest. Where is it? Near to the heart of God. Always remember as a little boy going to this convention and there was a woman there called Clara Grace and she wrote that song. There is a place of quiet rest near to the heart of God. Do you know that a lot of people in unrest today, a lot of people in dis-ease, isn't there? A lot of people troubled, worried. They can't, they don't know that they, it's like they're like on a, a troubled sea all the time. Why? Because they have no rest. Jesus says, Come unto me, all ye that are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. It's a wonderful thing that we have an inner man, Paul talks about in Ephesians. This inner man is that secret place. That inner man is that holiest of all. And that is your security, Christ in you. But you have to, as Henry used to say, enter in. You have to lay aside every weight, every sin that comes against you in this life, and bow before that throne. And in that place, there's a throne. There's a throne. And you come to that throne, and what do you find? Mercy. I need mercy sometimes. You need mercy in your situation. You don't know how you're going to get through it, but there's somebody who can get you through it, and it's Jesus. Jesus is your great high priest. And you come there and you find that mercy. And then it says you find grace to help you in your time of need. Oh, I tell you what, have you got a need this morning? <laughs> what is your need? Is it physical, emotional, spiritual, financial? <laughs> you know, Jesus is into meeting needs. He just can meet any need you've got, but you have to come to him humbly. And you come to him to find mercy, and then you find grace. And you know, it, this, is, this is the scripture that I, found, I was waiting on the Lord just to give you, and I just thought a lot of things we could say, but this is so important. This is the essential thing that you honor the Lord in your service. We've received a kingdom that cannot be removed, but we've received grace that we might acceptably worship him. I've come to see nothing else matters much in, in this world but Jesus first. Jesus first. I think as, as um, David said last night, talked about the one thing. It's the one thing 
that's most important. Because if you can get that right, everything else will fall into place, isn't it? And it's getting this priority right in my life and yours that's so important. Because if you don't, you're going to have a lot of problems. You're going to have a lot of problems. He says um, in Hebrews 4.11, um, no, not Hebrews 4.11, sorry. Uh, where is this verse I want to find? This rest is so important. It's so important that we get this right. Um, here it is in Hebrews 4, 9 it says, There remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. For he that is entered in his rest has also ceased from his own works. This is it his own works, as God did from his. Then it says, let us labor therefore to enter that rest, lest any man, what? Fall after the same example of unbelief. Why? Because it says, the word of God is quick, powerful, sharper, Twid saw piercing, even dividing asunder, soul, spirit, joints, marrow, discerning of thoughts, neither is any creature, etc. But you say, I thought that it, it, it's rest, not labor. <laughs> but this is what seems to be where some people just don't seem to get it. I'm retired now, supposed to be. <laughs> I don't, don't I seem to be working. I don't know when I worked with. Anyway, one thing and another. But the thing about it is, I couldn't retire unless I laboured to enter that retirement. But this is not retirement. This is a rest of faith. You see, when Adam fell, what Adam had was a covenant of works. Didn't he? He was told to work this land, take dominion, do and uh, be fruitful, multiply. And in the midst of the garden, there was this tree, two trees, weren't there? Knowledge of evil, knowledge, a tree of life. And he was, if he'd done his work on his probation, as it were, he would have eventually moved to the tree of life. Many believe, I believe that's true. But he failed in his work, didn't he? He failed to keep the covenant of works that God had given him, and he did something God told him not to do, was eat the tree of the, tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now, that's your temptation and mine. You notice this verse here, it says, it says in verse 10, for he that is entered in his race is also ceased from his own works as God did from his. The good news is, God has finished the work. <laughs> oh, it's amazing. Jesus has completed the work. It's all been done. 
He cried, it is finished. And he meant it is finished. But he's risen up into heaven, as we learn in a minute, and he sits now at the right hand of the authority, and he says, you can enter into this rest that I've obtained for you if you believe in me, and you have faith in me, and you do your spiritual service. This is the problem for God's people. A lot of people just want to sit in church. They just, as I said yesterday, want to be spoon-fed. And I want my bottle filled again, please. Fill my bottle. No. You have been called to serve the king. This is the priest of the believer. And if I don't do my spiritual service and you don't enter in each day, you're going to start to degenerate spiritually. You're going to start... Your sp- it's like my, my phone. If I don't keep it charged overnight, it, it goes down and my phone says, you haven't got much power left now. It's going to shut off in a minute. So you have to stick the thing in the wall and... <laughs> you have to keep connected. You do. I do. I can't run on empty, nor can you. You'll be all stressed out. The world would just mess you up. But you need to enter the rest. But there's labor attached to it. Yeah, there is. There's labor attached to it. Let us have grace where we be served God acceptably. There's a service you're called to. I'm, I'm here to call, I, you know, and sometimes I think, well, nobody, um, nobody knows me. And Jesus said, I know you. <laughs> you know, there's some people think they're in church and they go home and that Jesus does not go home with them. Jesus does go home with you. (laughs) Jesus knows what you're doing in your house. (laughs) As we said in the meeting the other night, it's a house, but it should be the home for Jesus. (laughs) Shouldn't it? And this is the problem. You know, it's all right. (laughs) It's all right to be in church and be very happy and then go home and be very grumpy. That's not good enough. (laughs) It's not good enough. <laughs> You've got to stay. <laughs> you know, God is training you <laughs> to stay in the Spirit. Isn't it? Walk in the Spirit. Live in the Spirit. <laughs> That's why He sent the Holy Spirit. But you need food. <laughs> you need to feed on this word. As we just read, sung a couple of songs here. I'm living. Well, where are you living? In Beulah land or, or in the wilderness somewhere? You know, as Joyce Meyer says, a lot of miserable Christians are living in the wilderness on hardly enough or just enough. But we want to live in Canaan's land spiritually where there's more than enough. <laughs> Isn't it? You know, this is, this is it. We, we just suddenly got to realize, but this is a kingdom. We belong to a kingdom with a king. <laughs> but are we living in that kingdom? And this is what he says, labor therefore to enter the rest, lest any man fall 
example of unbelief, for the word of God is quick. He says, and, no, and there's no creature that's not manifesting his sight, for all things are naked and open. You know, you can't say, I've left church, he doesn't know what I'm doing now. No, he, he's everywhere. Jesus is everywhere, isn't he? He knows everything about me. But we've got a, some, you know, we got a you know, religious mindset. It's nonsense, isn't it? Absolute nonsense. You know, put on a good face in church and go home and do something else. That's nonsense, isn't it? Absolute nonsense. It says, for it says here, seeing then we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, what does it say? Let us hold fast our profession. And that seems to be a big, hard job for most people. But that's what you've got to do. You hold fast your profession of who you are and what he is. He's got all power. But you have to enter that rest. You have to enter that present, that finished work, because entering that rest is saying, Jesus, you finished it for me. Everything is on the table for me. All I've got to do is get in there and get my feet under the table and eat and drink in God's house and I'll be healed. I'll be quickened. I'll, I'll be blessed. I'll be lifted up. I'll sit with him up there in the heavenly places. You know, David had a, a seat in Saul's palace, you know, when he slew Goliath. <laughs> Didn't last long because Saul was. Saul had a bit like some of the people in the church. They got a Saul spirit, you know. They're walking around with javelins, you know. Yeah. And you think I'll stay in? I'm not sitting at Saul's table. I'm sitting at the Lord's table. <laughs> yeah, I'm sitting at the Lord's table. <laughs> We've got. We do you know? Are you belong to the household of faith? Or what would you belong to? You can belong to denomination, but you might not belong to the household of faith. <laughs> we belong to the household of faith. God is my father. Is he your father? Jesus is my great high priest. Is he your high priest? The Holy Spirit's my comforter. Is he your comforter? <laughs> Isn't it wonderful? <laughs> it's glorious what God has done for us, isn't it? And then it says, we have a great high priest which cannot be, for we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our but was in all points tempted like as we are and yet without sin. In other words, he knows exactly what you're going through. He knows exactly what your problem is. He's been through it all. He's been through Gethsemane, the trial, the scourging, the crucifixion, you couldn't go through anything worse. He's been through the extremes to succor you today. But you have to enter the rest. You've got to make that effort. You have to lay aside these things and put Jesus number one. He is number one. I don't care much about anything now. It's just Jesus. Just wake up in the morning and think, another day to fellowship with Jesus. I can enter into his presence. I can lift up my hands and I can worship the king. And he will come 
and fellowship with me. As I said in that is where Jesus said these words. He said to him, I will come and my father. My, what a wonderful thing that is. What a wonderful thing to have God the Father and God the Son in your house. And you become that habitation of God through the Spirit because you understand you've received a kingdom. And that king can reign. He is reigning. We reign with him. Why? Because we're sitting with him. (laughs) Because we've been raised with him. (laughs) Because we've been quickened with him. Because we're born of him. We're up there in that heavenly places. Get out of the, get up and start entering in. Wonderful, isn't it? Oh, isn't it wonderful what Jesus has done for us? This, is, is, this epistle says we got a new and a living way. <laughs> it's a new and a living way. No, no foul beast can come on this way. No hairy biker can come on this way. No. <laughs> this, this way is made for the limousines of God. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> this is well. <laughs> this is where royalty runs on. You know when we used to say, "Stick your chest out." You're born to royalty, used to say. <laughs> yeah, we are. We've been born of royal birth. <laughs> Hallelujah! We've got entrance to the palace. <laughs> Isn't it wonderful? I tell you what, I'm going to enter in. Are you? You're going to go home and scratch around like an old end down there. <laughs> Have a good moan about this and a moan about that. <laughs> no, we're going to arise on the wings of prayer and praise and take our place. Oh, yeah, we've got to get up there. Oh, we, we belong to a heavenly company. We do. We do. It, this, this new birth is supernatural. It's absolutely supernatural, isn't it? It's absolutely supernatural. You know, sometimes we feel we just can't take another step and we say, Lord, please, send your grace and your power and able, and suddenly everything works again. Yeah, everything works. Are you connected? Yeah. Or are you disconnected? Yeah. You know, you've got to keep connected, haven't you? Oh, I tell you, it's wonderful. It's tremendous what Jesus has done for us. we just got to get hold of it. Start meditating on it. So it goes from here to here. Gets down into your spirit. And suddenly something begins to burn. It says after that verse, For our God is what? A consuming fire. Fire. He's a consuming fire. Oh, I tell you, it's good to have fire. It's good to have a bit of heat in the cottage. (laughs) Isn't it? (laughs) Who wants to be freezing? No. Praise God. It's wonderful. It's absolutely tremendous. So we have a great high priest that's passed into the heavens, let us hold fast our profession. There is the secret now. Because you're going to be tested. And the devil would do everything he can to stop you entering in. 
Oh yeah, he's very. He, he's trying to divert you. You know, we came through Canavan. I took I took the wrong road, and we was going to somewhere else. And then suddenly we had to get back on the right road. You know, he try and get you off the road, off this highway, this new and living way. He will. He try and divert you off to some side track, and put you off here and put you off there. But no, we've got to keep walking on the highway of faith. Do you know, the tremendous thing is, you know, Satan can come to you and say, ooh, look how you failed yesterday. Well, we do fail sometimes. Yeah, we. But thank God we can repent and get under the blood of Jesus. He came to me the other day, the devil said, ooh, you haven't been that good in your life. Look at the way you've gone on. But you see, when you get covered with the blood of Jesus and washed in the blood and forgiven of your sins, it's all gone. As somebody said the other night, there's no fish in there now. He's dropped it in the ocean. It's gone. Jesus has made a new covenant. It's wonderful. It's signed and sealed with the blood of Jesus. And you know the tremendous thing is, through the blood of Jesus, you have legal ownership to everything that's in this kingdom. It's signed and sealed by the blood of Jesus. And this is the will. This word is the will of God. Don't let any religious person tell you that healing's passed away. Or the gifts have passed away. Because if the gifts and the healing are passed, the fruits are passed away. And that's why there's so many miserable Christians, because they've got no fruit. <laughs> yeah. No. It's, we've got legal ownership to this. We've got it. We've got stewardship, you see. And the problem is this, and let me say this statement. I know it might sound a bit heavy when I give it, but it's got to be said. There is an inheritance which cannot be given you above the level of your growth. Think about it. There is an inheritance that can be given you, that cannot be given you, about the level of your growth. That's why I'm saying to you, it's so important to feed your inner man, to keep drinking and feasting at the table of the Lord, so you grow and develop, and you're no longer in pampers. And you don't need to be fed with a spoon and fill my bottle no, because, you know, if, if you've got a child of uh, four and um, he says, Daddy, I'd like a new car like you got, you'd say to him, really? Well, when you get big enough, then I might buy you a car. Isn't it? This is logical, isn't it? Think about it. Do you know there are tremendous benefits that are all on the table for us as the children of God but the trouble is, some of, there's too many little kids and not enough big kids in the kingdom. Yeah. This takes some thinking about, mine. You know, and, and this is the problem. You know, Paul said to the church, 
He said, I feed you on milk. I can't give you strong meat because you're too infantile. We need strong meat. We need to get the meat of the word. We need the milk. Yeah? But we need the meat. We need to feed on this. I tell you what. Because this inner manna gets strong. And you know, when you're, when you're little and you're weak, you, you, you can't do, do much, can you? But God wants you to grow so you could get mature and you can do what God... I mean, God had to train Moses, didn't he? God had to train Joseph too, didn't he? Could Joseph have taken over Egypt when he was put down the pit? No, no way, no way, no. No, no, he couldn't have done it, could he? Could Jacob have become Israel before Peniel? No. God was working on him. God is working on you. He's working on me. He wants you to meet, be an Israel. He wants you to have power with God. But maybe you're too much of a Jacob at the moment. No. And this is the problem we're in. I look at my life and I said to the Lord, you've been very patient with me. I very patient. You know, I said to Paul the other night, why did they see these things? Because sometimes we're so stupid, we won't enter into where the, all the blessings and the table is and the provision is, and we don't eat the right stuff, so we don't get big enough and strong enough to take what God wants us to have. And that's the problem. But you can grow. You can grow. So can I grow. We can start eating and drinking the right stuff. As the old preacher said, no feasting, no Christianity. The house of God is supposed to be a banqueting table. It's supposed to be a place where we eat and drink and rejoice. You go out there, yes, on the street and do your work, but the house of God is supposed to be a house of rejoicing, a house of feasting, a house where you eat and drink. I tell you what, this is the king's table. We want to be at the king's table. We've been invited there. I always remember a man, Arthur Neal. He was a, a lecturer in the Bible College of Wales when it was there. He's not there now. But, uh, and he came up the road and did a series of Bible studies. And I was only about 38 then or 40. I remember sitting there. He was talking about Ephesians. He said, do you know you've got a seat up in heaven? I should think, seat up in heaven? Didn't know what he was on about. I hadn't got a clue, I thought. Seat up in heaven, didn't know what he was on about. Of course, in later years, I began to realize I had a seat up in heaven, but I wasn't taking that seat. It was empty. And God's got a seat for you. Yeah, he has. He wants you to be there with him. Have fellowship with him. Yeah, he does. And I tell you what, I, I, you, we can be part of this. I tell you what, Jesus got back everything Satan stolen. As David said last night about the fourfold and the fivefold. Yeah, Jesus has got the whole thing back of Satan. He's got it back for you. Healing, health, prosperity, blessing. Everything has been got back when Jesus said it is finished. The last Adam did not fail. No, he did not. No, the word of God is not law and grace, it's works and grace. 
Forget the law. The law is just given to give, tell you what's right and wrong. But don't you try and work it because you can't. It's already finished. The work of salvation and redemption for you is finished. You've just got to believe it, receive it, and take it. Yeah, you take it. You take it. Why? Because Jesus has won it and obtained it. And he's the mighty conqueror. He's triumphed over all our enemies. But we've got to know it. We've got to understand what we've got. Don't let the devil talk to you anymore. Hold fast to your profession of faith without wavering. And when the enemy screams at you, you scream the word of God back at him. You speak to it. But of course, if you haven't ate enough food, and if you haven't ate enough word, you won't know what to say when the enemy talks to you. You won't know what to say and you'll all be... No, you get enough of that stuff in it, this in here, and you'll say it before he knows it, and you'll hit him with the sword. This word is the sword of the Spirit. He flees in terror. He flees in terror. He's got no answer for it. Because Jesus went there and he spoiled principalities and powers and took all his weapons off him. All he is is a deceiver. He's a liar. And he comes with his lies and his deceit and tells you rubbish. No, you hold fast to your profession of faith without wavering. Don't give in. And don't turn your back on him either. Keep facing him. Don't turn your back on him. Don't run. No. And I tell you what, this is what we've got to do. You know, when Henry defied his little denomination and he went out in his caravan up and down this country, but he came with an anointing that breaks the yoke. He was anointed. Isaiah 61, Luke 4, anointed. Jesus was anointed to destroy the works of the devil. Right. And the devil is a destroyer. But Jesus said, I've come to give you life and to give you life more abundantly. Hallelujah. I'm going to go for it. Are you? I'm going to go for it. I tell you what, I'm not listening to the enemy. I'm going to start feeding myself. I'm going to get big and strong so I can pick the sword up. Some people are too weak. They can't pick the jolly sword up. You know, when David was fleeing from Saul and he went to the priest in Ob, he'd hidden David's Goliath's sword behind the altar. <laughs> Nobody knew it was there but David and the priest. Because <laughs> David thought, someday I might need that sword. And how true that was. How true that was. I bet that was a big sword. It was Goliath's sword. He was nine foot six, mine. He was a big man. Nine foot six. But he caught hold of that sword. Well, we got a sword. It's the sword of the Lord. It's the sword of the Lord. And you can use it against the enemy. But you got it. Be strong enough to pick it up. <laughs> You've got to be strong enough, haven't you? 
See, when the enemy attacks you, don't you say anything he says. Don't you listen to his lies. Don't you voice anything he says. And if you feel like, you know, blabbing your mouth up, put some strap over it or something. <laughs> you know? You know, you've just got to... This is discipline. This is discipleship, isn't it? Oh, it's not easy, boy. Oh, and you're in the fire, and, he, and, the, and the devil puts the fire underneath you. You know, you, you think, what is this? As Peter says, don't think it's strange, the fiery trials. When Joseph, uh, when Joseph was down the pit, I wonder what he thought. I'm blessed of God. I'm the seed of the righteous. And I'm down a pit. It's strange, isn't it? That you're in a process. You're in a process. Jesus can see the end. <laughs> it's like when Abraham went out, he says, the old saints say, he didn't know where he was going, but he knew with whom he was going. <laughs> That's the big question, isn't it? You know who you're going with, isn't it? Is the Lord is on our side. I mean, you know, the wonderful verse in Hebrews, it says, he never leaves us. Never, never forsakes us. Never forsakes us. Never, never. No, never. So this Hebrew epistle is revealing to you that you've got a rest to enter, but it takes labor. And part of it is holding past your profession, isn't it? Because it's your mouth. You know, Jesus was teaching. You remember, I remember when I went to Henry's meetings and I came back, my mind was saying, what is all this? My spirit was saying, this is tremendous. And I remember I opened the Bible and it was Zechariah 4. <laughs> I always remember this. I was in it. And, the, and the, the, the word there said, it's not by might and it's not by power, but it's by my spirit, saith the Lord. And it says, with shoutings and crying, it will say, grace, grace to the mountain. With grace is Christ. Grace is the word. You speak, and then Jesus comes along in Mark 11 20 and 24, and he says, you speak to your mountain. You don't let the mountain speak to you. You speak to the mountain. <laughs> but mountains do speak to us, don't they? But don't let them. You've got to put that word in there. You've got to deposit it in there. You've got to get a reservoir of the word and the spirit in your life. So when the mountain comes and speaks to you, you speak to it. Be thou removed. And don't doubt in your heart, but believe what you say. You shall have what you say. Not pray. Say. 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 <laughs> I tell you, this is, the, this is where the rubber hits the road, isn't it? This is where we, we as God's people have got to practice what we say we believe, isn't it? This is where it's all here. And it says, and this is what Paul says in Hebrews 10, 16, this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts and then their minds will write them. See, when you get born again, you've got a wonderful hard drive in your spirit the new man has got a, a wonderful, massive hard drive that as you read this word, you can store it in your, on your hard drive. 
and you can keep feeding it in. So any time you need it in an emergency, it, you can just, out it will come. Yeah. Out it will come. And out it will come. Why? Because you've, you've taken the time to be spend time to enter in and done the labor and the service to get in there. And when you get in there, God will give you a word. And when you get that word, you just obey it. And God does the rest. He does the miracle. But you've got, first of all, get to get that word. And that's a lot of the labor. That's where all the labor is. Because you've got to get, you know, if we wanted to go and see the queen, you know, you decided you'd like to go to the palace and see the queen. Well, you just can't walk up to Buckingham Palace and say to the bloke, I'm going to see the queen today. No. You've got to get an appointment and everything. Well, you know, in a way, we're dealing with the almighty God now. This is the throne. And there is a prescribed way to get there. You have to, as it says in that verse, acceptable. Yeah. Acceptable. There's a right and a wrong way. This is what he says. This is after he said all this. Paul says, Wherefore we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved. Let's have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably. You need grace to serve God acceptably. You cannot possibly do it without grace. No way. Your flesh will mess you up big way. You say this isn't fair. I'm not treated fair. And people haven't been nice to me. Well, people aren't nice. There's always, some, there's always a soul around with a javelin somewhere. Mm. Yeah. Take Jacob. He had Laban and his dear brother Esau. Lovely brother. A lovely father-in-law. A right twister. And a real murderous brother. <laughs> Didn't he? But Jacob, fair play to him. I know he means... <laughs> But all is wheeling and dealing. God dealt with him, and God can deal with me. And God can deal with you. And you think you can work it. You, you know, Jacob thought he could work everything. But it's not of works. It's not of works. Because Adam had works and it failed. So look at Adam and think about works and think, failure. <laughs> Zarin says to me, is Adam going to be in heaven? And if he is, where's his mansion going to be? It's, I said it's going to be in a security compound. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is difficult, isn't it? <laughs> Acceptable worship. Oh, I tell you. Our God is a consuming fire. Well, Aaron had two sons, didn't he? And they did something that wasn't acceptable, and they just went. That was the end of them. They got burnt up. Well, we've seen some people messing about in the presence of God, and they just gone like that. Nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. 
People think we're under grace and God has gone soft. No, he has not gone soft. No, he has not gone soft. He's the same God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It's just his mercy, and that's why it's so important for me to enter in that I might get some mercy. So I might find grace, which is my enablement to overcome the things I'm, I'm dealing with in my life. Because sometimes you feel like giving the screaming ab-dabs at things, don't you? It's, there's some things can really wind you up so much that you feel like exploding. And it's a test to walk in the Spirit, isn't it? But we've got to do it. This is we walk by faith and not by sight. We walk by faith and not by sight. And this is, this is it, you see. And I think, as Paul says here, sorry, Hebrews 12.1, we are compassed about by a great cloud of witnesses. Oh, yeah. We are. They're saying to you, I have made it. You can make it. This comes after Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11 is telling me about how faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained what? A good report. Yeah. What kind of report are you sending up? What kind of report have I got? Yeah. A good report. For through faith we understand the world's refrain. It says, by faith Abraham, by faith Enoch. And then it says in verse 6, but without faith it's impossible to please God. That he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and he is a reliever of them that diligently seek them. But well, where do you get faith? Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And guess where you hear it? When you enter the rest. You've got to enter the rest. You've got to be in there. And this is the challenge, isn't it, for us? There's something about our flesh that we see something to be done. We've got to fix this now. And then there's all these jobs come up. And Iris says, you're running around like a well, I wouldn't say yeah. <laughs> Stop it. And it's right. Why don't you go to headquarters and ask the Lord what is the best way to deal with this? Yeah. It's true, no? Why don't we ask the boss? Is Jesus Lord or is he not? Isn't it? This is the problem we've got, isn't it? And, and the Lord's speaking to me. He's dealing with us all. But I am concerned that you all grow. Because if you can grow strong enough and big enough, you can have all your inheritance. <laughs> I'd like to have my inheritance with you. <laughs> Do you know the gospel is such good news that the religious mind just can't get their head around it? But we can by the Spirit. It's such good news, this gospel, isn't it? That God has provided all these things, all my needs, according to what? His riches in glory. 
So it's all provided, but I've got to go and take it, isn't it? I have. You know, I, 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 as you read this Hebrew epistle and you read what Paul is saying about Israel and about those, well, you can read it in the, you know, in the, in the, in the Torah, and you see these ten spies that went in with Caleb and Joshua. But you see, this is the problem. If, if, you, if you're living with one of those, if you're fellowshipping with one of those ten spies that went into Egypt, well, drop them now. <laughs> because they're going to mess your faith up. They say, you can't have that. Oh, no, it's all passed away. It's all gone. It's all finished. No, it isn't. It's not. It's on the table. It, just think about it. Jesus did all that to deliver all those people with all those tremendous signs and wonders and miracles and got this wonderful land for them. And these stupid people said, oh, we can't go in there. They're too big for us. And they got all that deliverance. But that's how mental the mind is. That's the flesh. Gurnell says, too many people are concerned about preserving their flesh and not their spiritual inheritance. And he's right. Don't worry about your flesh. You think about your spiritual inheritance. You're made for eternity. Do you know that? We're only here for how long. But eternity, how long is that? I said to you about Boston, the state of innocence, the state of the fall, the state of the recovery, and then he talks about the eternal state. Do you know where true faith is born? In eternity. Heavenly places is in eternity. We've got a foretaste of that glory divine. Jesus sits until all his enemies have made his footstool. He's preparing a place for you now. Think about it. I tell you, it, it boggles the imagination. You can't take this in properly, can you? That God is building a house. God is building a new heaven, a new earth, a new Jerusalem. And you are the lively stone. But, but are you lively? Because only lively stones are going to be in the building. Not dead stones. You've got to be lively to get in that temple. It's been made up of lively stones, you know that? I want to be part of it, don't you? You know, I don't know how much longer I've got, and, 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 and like Alan, we don't know, but we, but we know that we're getting ready. <laughs> we're getting ready. <laughs> There's a sort of a, you know, it's like we heard about Anna last night in the temple. She had an expectation that something was coming into the temple. <laughs> And we're getting ready, because something's about to happen, isn't it? You don't have to be a rocket scientist to know that all the signs have been fulfilled. There's just something coming, isn't there? You know, as, you know, as Henry's motto was, the glory of the Lord shall cover the earth, as the waters cover the sea. Well, the glory of the earth is about to cover everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, about, it's about to happen. But I've got to be ready, haven't you? Are you going to be a foolish virgin or a wise virgin? Are you going to run out of oil or are you going to have oil in your lamp? See, if you haven't got any light, you can't, if you haven't got any light, you can't read anything. 
you can't digest anything. You've got no light, you can't meditate anything because you can't see anything. We need oil. We need the oil. Don't we? we need the Holy Ghost. I tell you, this is time for us to realize what we got and what we have in Christ. Paul said, I count all these things as done, that I might win Christ. That's the mentality I need. When I start bothering about all this stuff down here, the Holy Spirit says to me, what are you going to serve, God or mammon? Yeah, this is the test we're in. But we can do it because we can hold fast to our profession of faith without wavering. That's what all these people did in Hebrews 11. He said, by faith, by Abraham by faith, he says. He says, he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Hallelujah. Therefore, it says 12, there sprang of him as one as good as dead, as many as the stars of the sky in multitude, as the sand which is by the sea. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off and persuaded of them. They, they embraced them. Are you persuaded? Are you embracing them? Are you confessing them? That's what I've got to do. Do you know we can embrace Christ? We can love him. As Henry used to say, it's a love affair. It's a heart job, he used to say, and it is. Who do you love? Do we love Jesus? Do we love him? John loved Jesus. John the Apostle. The only... They tried to martyr him, as you said the other night, and tried to put him in boiling oil, and the miracle happened. He came out, nothing happened to him. That's a miracle. Why? Because God was about to give him the greatest revelation he's ever had on the Isle of Patmos. God wants to give you a revelation of who he is in a greater and greater way. So you're just absolutely amazed. So you say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that you not only died for me, that you ever live for me, and you never leave me, you never forsake me, you're always by my side. But how do you get this revelation? As you come to this word, and you begin to ask the Holy Spirit, Jesus starts to come out. It's like he appears in your spirit, and you feel at the presence of God. You experience this presence. You know, as I often mention about this, Fletcher made Lenny. He went to the workhouse, in those days there were workhouses and all these poor people, and there's this woman in there. And she lost her husband, and she was in a workhouse with his children. It was dirty, filthy of place. And this woman was glowing with the presence of God, he said. And she was worshipping God in her circumstances. And Fletcher said, I live in a beautiful vicarage. I've got servants. I'm a vicar. And look at this woman but I haven't got what she's got. I tell you what, there is a glory. This is what Hebrews 4 says. What is the purpose of the gospel? To bring many sons to glory. The glory of Christ, the glory of his presence. I pray that his presence will invade your life and my life 
so that when we come together, there will be a cloud of glory. I'm believing for a cloud of glory that Moses had over his tabernacle will come over your tabernacle and my tabernacle. Because where the glory of the Lord is, there's every good and perfect thing. Every good and perfect work is passing before you in the glory of God, in the glory of God. He says in the marriage Cana in Galilee, in Jesus, this he manifested forth his glory. They probably only needed 12 bottles of wine, but he gave them 56 gallons of wine. <laughs> 56 gallons of wine. That takes some storing, that does, in bottles. As <laughs> Julia said, he's a God of abundance. He is. He just over the top. But you've got to enter in. Will you enter in? Will you do it? Will you go home and say, I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. And you can. But you say, it's only little me. No, it's not only little you, it's Christ in you. Amen. The hope of glory. It's not only little you, it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. Hallelujah. It's wonderful, isn't it? And this is it, he says. And this is what we've got to realize when we come to the house of God or when we come to worship God. This is what the Apostle Paul says. He says, And you have come to what? Mount Zion. This is the heavenly Jerusalem in, in Hebrews 12, 22. To the city of what? The living God. What? The heavenly Jerusalem. To innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly, the church of the firstborn, written in heaven, to God, the judge of all, the spirits of just men, and to who? Jesus. To Jesus. We come to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, the blood of sprinkling, which speaketh better things than that of Abel. See that you refuse not him that speaketh. It says, this word once more, etc., etc., shaken. And then it says, wherefore, we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved. You've got something, a rock inside of you. It's the rock. <laughs> and that rock is solid. You can build your life on this rock, the rock Christ Jesus. Isn't it wonderful? Let us have grace. Therefore, and he says, then he goes on in, in, uh, in 1360, so, so we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man shall do to me. You can say this, the Lord is my helper helper. He is. What are you going through? Well, the Lord can meet your need. Isn't it wonderful? He is your helper. Is Jesus going to go on holiday? Is he going to leave you? No, he's there 24-7. He never slumbers. He never sleeps. He's always there. Call upon him. Isn't it wonderful? Hallelujah. It's a tremendous thing. And I was thinking, Lord, help us to enter into this tremendous Thing. She says, he says this in Hebrews 10. 
having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter in to what? The holiest. By the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which is consecrated through the veil, that is, say his flesh, and having an high priest over the house of God, this is how we draw near. In, full, in one full assurance of faith, our hearts sprinkle from an evil conscience, and our bodies washed with pure water, and we hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. There's the secret. That is the secret of acceptable worship. That's how you come. You have to turn the TV off and start reading this. Put your mind on this. When you feel like you know, the devil says you need a bit of amusement. No, you don't need amusement. Because if you have amusement, he'll bemuse you. And then he defuse you. And then you will have no sense of anything. No, this is what you need. This is what you need. The word of the living God. The entrance of his word bringeth light. It brings light. It brings light, doesn't it? It brings light. This is what he says. Cast not away therefore your confidence, which have great recompense of reward. Hebrews 10, 35. If you need of patience, that after you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. The little white shall come and will not carry, and then the big statement. Now the just shall live by faith. And then the, and the statement, but I have no pleasure in them that draw back to perdition. You can draw back. I'm not going to draw back. Are you going to draw near? You can draw near. I believe this morning we can draw near to the Lord, can't we? And I believe the Lord can do some miracles for you. Do you need a miracle? You know, at Canaan Galilee, Jesus' mother said to those people, Whatsoever he says to you, do it. And Jesus said, You see them big water pots? You fill them. And they filled them. It's taken them a long time. And then they filled them. And he said, Just pour it out for the feast. I don't ever read they went to Jesus and said, why are we filling water pots to have wine? No, they just did what Jesus said. And when he said pour it out, just pour it out. And if Jesus tells you, gives you a word, you just do it. You obey it. Just wait on God till you get a word. And when he tells you to do it, just do it. And he does the rest. He's the miracle worker. Jesus is a miracle worker. Read the Gospels. Have you read them? He, he performed miracles, 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 miracles. And Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He hasn't changed one bit. In fact, he's got more power. He's got all power. Let's lift up the name of Jesus, isn't it? We lift him up this morning. He can meet every need you've got. I'm believing for a few joints, you know. <laughs> and he's a miracle worker. He can just fix it, can he? But sometimes I have to keep speaking to it. Because sometimes it's not so good as other times. And then you speak to it and something happens. But you've got to keep on, keeping on, keeping on. Hold fast to your profession of faith without wavering for what? He is faithful. That promise. He is. I, I'm believing. Are you a believer this morning? Are you a believer? Lord, we bring your people to you, Lord. 
We thank you, Lord, that we can enter this rest and we can find the answer from you, Lord. That you'll speak a word to your people that whatever they need, a word will come in season. And as they obey it, you will perform the miracle in their lives. We thank you, Lord, for the power that's in the name of Jesus. We thank you for the power that's in this wonderful name. We praise you, Lord, because we have, you have made a way for us, a new and living way for us to come to you this morning. We go to the word of God. We meditate the word of God. We believe the word of God. And then we praise God for the answer. We praise God for the answer this morning, Lord. We praise you, Lord, because you're doing miracles. Miracles where Jesus is. That your hand is touching the sick and the afflicted. And the, and the people that are disturbed in their minds. That the anointing will break every yoke and set the captives free. We thank you, Lord, that this gospel works, Lord. We believe. We will not be slowful. But we be followers of those who through faith and patience inherited the promises. Because we have two immutable things, for it is impossible for God to lie, that we might have strong consolation, who hath fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope that is set before us. We thank you, Lord, which hope we have as an anchor, both sure and steadfast, was entered into within the veil, Wherein the forerunner for us is entered, even Jesus, who is our high priest after the order of Melchizedek. We praise you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Just wait on the Lord a minute. Just wait on the Lord. Just ask the Lord. If you have a need now, this is the time when we're all together. As the word has gone forth, that that word will work in you mightily. The word of God, which is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. It can, it can do a surgery. It can work miracles. The word of God is a healing word. It's a restoring word. It's a quickening word. And we thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name.